TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. And I'm welcoming and shouting out all the haters. Now, I'm not talking about mine, <laughs> though they exist. If there's two people that you'd want to listen to about this, I'm telling you right now, it, it's us because we're going to be raw and uncut. And now, it's Gabe Ramirez. Oh, you see the facial hair? This, this little baby <laughs> facial hair is on until the Bears win. And now, Anthony Heron. I need another pop Okay, I'm going to come turn it on in just yeah, a couple get, of get, moments, all right? Guy needs another pop I'm gonna get control. Pop. Give me like three minutes. I'm going to come turn on more pop control, okay? Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Aquí estamos in the building. Gabe and Ant broadcast live from the Score Hyundai Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Sounds right. Is that Wednesday-ish? Wednesday-ish. I guess we're here, sure. Sometimes you just don't know, man. That range. Yeah. It's like sports happen. There's some football. There's some basketball. There's some baseball. It's it's September. I'm odd. I'm oddly weirded out by that. But I track it better during the school year. I'm starting to notice having a kindergartner okay. now, where you got that like whole kind of summer time period before school opens back up. Sure. I got no idea what day it is. Now I at least know it's midweek. And I was fairly confident it was Wednesday just based off what the what the youngsters up to school-wise. I circled back and realized it was Wednesday because the Cubs finished their third game of the, a three-game set. Uh, and I said, right. oh, they started Monday, so uh-huh. it's got to be Wednesday, right. Cubs. All right. Of course, the big victory today, Ant, 8-2 to two against the Giants, a team that was a couple of games out of that wild card spot heading into the mat or heading into the series. And the cut. The craziest thing about this game, this series to me specifically, outside of the sweep, the sweep is obviously mm-hmm. crazy, but even crazier than that is you have a Cubs team that is putting themselves in a position to, you know, make the postseason and and comfortably, right. not sweating it at all. Mm-hmm. And then usually when it comes to Chicago teams, when they're put in this type of position where they have a lead or are chasing a team – and, and then they have to face them, more often than not, they end up losing, <laughs> right? Or, or, or something ends up happening where you're something like, something falls apart. Shouldn't have been here anyway. Somebody's arm falls off. That's what I'm saying. Or, you know, somebody, you know, misses an airplane and suddenly, like, they don't have half the roster. Something usually happens just to make everything go awry. But so far, so good here, man. Not, not, there was a stretch during the season where we were kind of assuming other teams in the National League were going to be better. It's like, all right, they got to win the division, but they're so far behind and there's so many games under 500. How in the world are they going to win this division? Now both things are on the table. They are squarely, comfortably in the wild card at the moment. And then the divisional race, they just continue to inch their way up game by game, series by series. I got to take a look and see, when's the last time this squad even lost a series, man? Like, they're just a great rolling point. right now. That's a great point. I think maybe after the Atlanta series where they shocked the world and everybody was like, <laughs> oh, man. And then, like, right after that, they played, like, a bad team. and we, we could check, but the Cubs right now are currently a game and a half out of first place. Mm-hmm. That is 
I mean, and I'm speaking from, you know, a non-Cub fan's perspective. I know. I'm curious how much you're able to enjoy this because there's yeah. so much sadness on the South Side. And no. so is there, an, I don't know if appreciation is the right word. Is there an enjoyment for what's happening yeah, on the North I, Side? I, I think, Ant, like you, right, like you just appreciate good football. Right. Regardless right. of what it is. I, I like watching football, especially when it's played at a high level. Mm-hmm. And for me, the Cubs right now in the present are are that. <laughs> you know, exciting pitching. A guy like Jordan Wicks coming up at, that, who wasn't on the team all year. And then, you know, you, you have the injury to Marcus Stroman. You, you're, you're kind of saying to yourself, how, what are we going to do in this situation? How is this going to play out? And then you get a guy like, you know, Javier Assad and Jordan Wicks to come up. That's exciting. And just from a baseball fan right. standpoint, when you're looking at Cody Bellinger, a former MVP who had a few down years, that is just playing just incredible baseball. Mm-hmm. It's fun to watch. Say Suzuki, what he's been doing since he had that benching. It, again, it's, it's fun to watch. So even though I'm a Sox fan, I still like baseball. Yeah. I still like watching high-quality baseball. And when you're looking at a team like the Cubs, the storyline is good. Chasing, chasing the Milwaukee Brewers all season. Um, you know, tr- trying to get themselves, trying to have, have had so many different moving pieces yeah. that they tried to figure it out and make it work. And then it, and then it worked. <laughs> That's like, like, that doesn't happen in, in Chicago sports. In, in, in sports, yes. But rarely does it work out that way for the Chicago Cubs. And I was talking to a Cubs fan as I was walking uh, in today. And I was like, you know, and usually I'll, you know, give them the, we'll do the Cubs socks thing. Mm-hmm. And today I was like, Cubs looking good. Right. And, and mind you, we do the Cubs socks thing where, like, he always talks trash. Okay. And so today, it's oddly. Like he felt bad for you. <laughs> oddly, the day where I'm like, man, Cubs looking good today. He's like, they'll choke in the playoffs. And I was like, oh, he, we've been doing this for he months. He played the role. In a, okay. For months yeah. we've been doing this thing. I finally uh-huh. say, it was like when you, in the cartoons, where you say, no, 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 yes, no. <laughs> right. Switch it up. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me. But, but I mean, t- to you, Ann, when you look at this Cubs team, there's tons of small storylines you can look at that are that can you can point to to say like this is impressive when it, when you're looking at this team for you when you see this mm. cub squad where they're at game and a half back you know like you said you can't even remember the last time they lost a series <laughs> I think it was to the Brewers um but apparently it was to the Mets uh, oh to the Mets checked in said it was to the yeah. Mets so yeah that's that a long was, that was a long time ago yeah man that's what almost 2 months ago it's crazy like that. yeah it's been a minute but i think because because they they did spend some money like i don't I do think the shock factor to me kind of over – I think it overestimates how how far from the pack this team should have been expected to finish. Because, I mean, they have. Over the last two years, they've kind of systematically begun to set themselves up for this. Like, obviously, Marcus Stroman is not healthy right now. But two off-seasons ago, they spent money to bring in a front-line starter. And Stroman, for the most part, has been that until his body started to fail him. And now we'll see if he gets healthy. Say a Suzuki. He hasn't been that consistently, but again, going back to last offseason, they spent money on adding him, bringing him in from overseas. And, you know, for first year on U.S. soil, he's you know, kind of okay, a little up and down last year, struggled a lot prior to now. And now, to your point, man, I mean, over the last month, Say a Suzuki has been the guy they hoped he would be, and even more when you look at the way the last month has gone for him after being pulled from the lineup. And he's responded in a way that you hope a top flight player. Would respond, and that was just you know two off seasons ago. Now this past off season, like you mentioned with Bellinger, and then some of the young talent that that's been growing here between the pitching staff and guys in the lineup, and I, I just think on the whole, when you we see the way last season finished, and then they they find a few little sort of intricate pieces to upgrade the roster here, it shouldn't necessarily be that shocking that they're in the mix like they are right now, but. 
to your point, most of us tend to expect that for Chicago sports franchises, <laughs> these things will fall yeah. apart. Yes. And that's where this feels a little bit like, like 2015. It's like, oh, this is kind of you know found money. Whereas, oh, this, well this is a little bit earlier than maybe we, we thought was realistic. But now here it is. And things are going so well. And it's so sustained. And it's from so many different areas right now. Okay, you know, earlier in the season – the, the starting pitching was doing well. Starting pitching starts to falter. Now here comes the offense that was kind of failing them yeah. earlier in the year. And you got the you know multiple ends of the roster that are that are starting to work together to get the Cubs towards the peak and and starting to hawk folks down in the wild card in the division. And there's not another team who's playing more consistent baseball between defense and base running and hitting and even a little bit of enhanced power. As of late, where now you you got a squad that looks like you know I'm not predicting they're going to do real damage in the postseason yet, but you know it, I don't I don't see a big reason to to really bet against them in yeah. that regard either. It's a victory for them to get to the playoffs, most certainly that right. we can agree on. I think something that you said that stood out is the fact that they did spend money this offseason, mm-hmm. and so there were a ton of Cubs fans that thought. We just added Cody Bellinger and Dansby Swanson up the middle. Right. Our defense is good. This is going to be a good team. They saw that, you know, uh, for, from the very beginning where some of us needed to be convinced of it because, as you mentioned, they spent the money to continue to create cornerstones for the franchise, understanding that they were going to do it again mm-hmm. this offseason. Mm-hmm. Like you said, where are the missing – where are the holes at? Where can we improve at? And then, like you said, put yourself in a position to be competitive in the playoffs where this year – it's it's found money, like you said, but no one wants to see the Cubs in the playoffs. No one yeah. wants to see Justin Steele game one and a and a Cody Bellinger in the middle of the lineup that's been performing the way that it has. But it's been cool to watch. And Ross, you know, talked about today after the game, you know, one of his horses that's come up, and it is Jordan Wicks, and he talked about mm. his ability to to pitch when there's been a couple of crooked numbers on the board. Well, I thought he was efficient. I thought the ground balls with the double plays, our defense behind them played well. But pounding the strikes on, the, the, the thing that has stood out to me most since he's gotten here is just the ability. I think good pitchers pound the strikes on with their stuff when you get a lead. And he knows how to pitch with a lead. And he's going to be on the attack. He's not worried about a base runner. He's still going to try to pitch his game and get in the ground balls and being efficient. That's how you end up where, you know, late, deep in that game. I think he ran a little gas there at the end. But hot day, and that's maybe as, as much as many pitches as he's thrown. So nice job by him for sure. She looks good. Got the lefty working. And, man, the changeup was there. He had a couple fastballs that were hitting the right spots. And, you know, he had a good defensive play. And Jordan Jordan Wicks talked about what we were just talking about, and and that is the momentum that is building around the Cubs team. Yeah, I feel like it's a lot of momentum building. You know, for us, a lot of chemistry coming together, and you know, we just got to keep it rolling. You know, we had a good series. The fans were outstanding for all three games, but you know, we gotta we gotta enjoy this one and flush it. You know, we got a good team coming in here, and and we need to keep it rolling. Cubs have won four straight, three against San Fran, last one against Cincinnati, fifteen to seven, and then. Now they have a four-game set against Arizona, another team that's chasing them in the wild card race. It's going to be I mean, no days off. No days off till next Thursday. <laughs> that's a lot of baseball to play in a row, right. back-to-back like that, especially when you had the doubleheader with Cincy on on, uh, on Friday. So, you know, to have gone, got see, two weeks without a, without a day off is a ton. But, you know, two series against Arizona this month, and it's going to be a good one. Then you got Atlanta. And of course, Milwaukee at the end of the at the end of the month to finish it off. But I mean, the Cubs they're in a good position and they're feeling good about themselves. Do you think that ultimately they overtake first place of the NL Central? That's that's definitely that's the way they're trending. 
you know, so if I had to bet money, bet money on it right now, I would say, yeah, I, I, I believe that's the direction they're headed because everything seems to be going their way and they can continue to get better. Like, just think if Strowman comes back healthy and starts to look like the Strowman of, of the first half of the season, of, of the majority of the first half of the season. You know, do, do you count on that at this point? You can't count on it, but if it happens, then th- that enhances the starting pitching. Because right now, when you're looking at the postseason, now we, we don't really know what Jordan Weeks is for sure, certainly not long-term, talented, young, but if you're counting on him in a postseason rotation, then who knows what, what you get out of a young pitcher. Frankly, uh, Kyle Hendricks, as great as the memories have been, and for this version at this stage in the career of Kyle Hendricks, it's great that you can still get as much from Kyle Hendricks as you are right now, but he's not a guy at this point in his career where I say, I, I know if he's pitching game two for the Cubs, he's just going to go shut down the opposing lineup. But right. with guile and and sort of cleverness, you, know, you would think the professor's going to go out there and give you a strong outing to some extent, but not just shut down an opposing lineup. So to have a Stroman come back healthy, that would even enhance where they're at right now where you know maybe there's not – the, the bullpen isn't as taxed as it feels like maybe it could begin Good to point. get right now when Steele uh, isn't on the mound here. So right now, Justin Steele's the main pitcher where you say, you know what, we're getting a good, deep outing from him just shutting folks down, start in and start out. So if the starting pitching can begin to enhance a little bit more and if you get consistent, this consistency continues from the lineup. Like right now, Christopher Morrell's still up and down right now, but the great thing is when somebody takes a little bit of a dip or a little bit of a step back, then somebody else rises up. As Morrell has gotten a little bit more inconsistent, just again, another young player. Yeah. That's where we've seen Seiya Suzuki just mashing for the last month here. So it's just, it's a deep and talented lineup. It's a lineup that's put them in a position right now where Nick Madrigal can just be this ancillary piece and be this movable part. And, you know, to be able to hold down third base as well as he's done it defensively and some timely hitting. You know, hopefully he continues to diminish some of the base running mistakes and you know some of the silly things that he's done at different points. But overall, just it feels like a very deep team that's got the potential to even kind of keep growing down the stretch. Well, certainly trending in the right direction. They do have a team feel, which is extremely important heading into October. And again, the next four game set is against the Arizona Diamondbacks. You can hear that right here on six seventy. The score: Arizona half game out of the final wild card spot. So they're going to have some some fuel in their tank, ready to play these Chicago Cubs. All right, uh, we're going to talk Bears next with our next guest, Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic. Uh, What does he think about Justin Fields heading into year three? We'll get his take after this. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Anthony Heron. It's Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Build the preseason and the training camp. How anxious are you to get into the to the real playbook and do the things that maybe you guys haven't been able to, to do in the preseason games? I mean, I'm ready. So, ready to go. It'll be fun. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. How ready are the Chicago Bears with their game just a few days away? We get to ask that question to our next guest joining us right now on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He's a Chicago Bears beat writer at The Athletic and a good friend of the score. Kevin Fishbane joins the show right now. Kevin, good evening. Good evening, guys. How, how excited are we just listening to that clip? That we could actually talk about a game, real football, <laughs> right? Real football. I think I think Justin wants to also. I mean, how, how many more conversations do I have to have about the offensive line at training camp without <laughs> talking about a game? You can only ask these questions so many mm. different ways, Kevin. Uh, but we do get to talk about an actual game on Sunday. Let's let's talk about the elephant in the room that exists with this game in particular, and it is the potential of the Bears losing. To the Green Bay Packers and Jordan Love in Week One, they're not allowed to do that game. And I don't now, think so they're I've contractually heard, allowed to but lose it's a big, this game. It's a big ass elephant because no one wants to talk about it. <laughs> the, the possibility of it actually happening. Uh, but Kevin, I mean, you've been obviously, you know, you, you know what's going on with the Bears. You see what's going on with with the Packers. Um, do, yeah, are, are you fearful at all that that, that might be the the, or the reality that we see on Sunday? It's certainly possible. Um, yeah, I haven't done my picks yet. I, I might pick the Packers. Sorry to all the listeners that just changed the station. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's a total unknown, right? Because you, you have the ultimate mystery is Jordan Love. Um, and, you know, not too far behind is just what the Bears offense is going to look like. You know, that's what, you know, Grody was kind of getting into with that question, right? It's just like, you know, maybe it, was this team holding some things back in the preseason and now they can kind of unveil some stuff. Um, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, the one thing I certainly got from one from being at Hallis today, I mean, the Bears are locked in. I mean, that that's like no question. I think they understand the significance of opening the season with the Packers. But, you know, it's a really tough situation um, where you start with your rival um, because, you know, it's going to be really contingent on Matt Eberflus. I think he's the right head coach to handle it. Um, the way that he is with his focus, that win or lose, I mean, you guys know what the talk in the town is going to be at, uh, starting Monday. Uh, and, and they and he kind of said today, this is one game of 17. We understand the significance. We understand it's the Packers, all those things. But there's no shying away from the fact that if the Bears lose, and God forbid for Bears fans, Jordan Love comes out there and lights it up, um, there's going to be some panicking, um, especially if Justin Fields doesn't play well. On the flip side... If Fields is the one throwing three touchdowns and the Bears defense does what, you know, it's hoped to do and, and the Bears come out on top, you know, maybe people are booking hotels in Las Vegas. Well, that's part of what I'm curious about, Kevin. It, you know, the the reaction of Bears fandom can be a bit finicky and, and difficult to predict. But I do wonder if that, if we get like a a Miami-ish game where, where it's just this score fest and the Bears defense 
is still porous. They're giving up a bunch of points. But if Justin Fields lights it up. So if Love and Fields are both really good, but the Bears lose to the Packers again, what what do you think is the balance of the reaction that would come from that type of great result? Question. Yeah, it's, it is, it's a great question. I mean, uh, I mean, I'd like to think you know, it's good. You know, this, this, and just to, to even clarify one thing, Kevin, because part of the reason I'm curious about that is if last season it felt so much about, like, wins don't matter. We just care if Justin yeah. Fields is good. And I do feel like this season wins matter a lot more this year than, than it felt like they mattered last year. It's a great point because my, my philosophy on this team has been, you know, everyone talks about, hey, maybe they're in that seven, eight win range. I kind of think to myself, well, if Justin feels as good as people think he can be, like they should win 10 games. If you have a quarterback as dynamic as he can be, uh, you know, isn't that enough to like, you know, shouldn't a quarterback that good get you to where, you know, to the playoffs? So if, if, but, you know, that's, that's going to be a thing about the defense. It's also about the view. I think everybody last year had the understandable <laughs> perspective of this team, right? That last year was just a bridge to get to this year. You know, Ryan Poles, I think you can certainly argue this is a long-term thing. You know, they've got the two first-round picks next year. They're going to have all the cap space. Um, but if they need to find a new quarterback, and, the, and I'm saying that out as that's the worst-case scenario, of course, <laughs> Um, you know, then you've got some major problems. So, you know, you can sit there and be like, well, Fields is great. You know, eh, they still need more. Like, how? yes, you could still add more talent. This defense still needs it. The offensive line needs it. Um, you, you know, you can go across the board. I think from a talent perspective as a whole team, the Bears are still probably below average in the NFL. Um, but, you know, rebuilds don't take very long in the NFL. Like, you, there's not a whole lot of patience anymore. But, Anthony, I'll throw, you know, you, you just got me thinking, right? Like, if Iowa scores 40 on Saturday. <laughs> which, would, Cy- which would be amazing. <laughs> if the Iowa game, scores 40. <laughs> if Iowa scores 40, and but K- they somehow give up 42. Yeah, but Kay McNamara <laughs> throws for four touchdowns. <laughs> right? Like, you know, you can see, like, Hawkeye fans like, oh, my goodness, like, we just saw the greatest offensive performance since, you know, the Brad Banks days, <laughs> but we just lost to our rival. I mean, again, very different, but it just kind of got my wheels turning about the, the situation that the Bears fans, the predicament they would find themselves in. And I- it- I do happen to be wearing my Iowa Hawkeyes shirt, by the way, right now as you pose that question, Kevin. And and by the way, he is at K Fishbane on Twitter for anybody who's really or X, I guess we're supposed to start calling it now. For anybody who's upset about anything that uh, that Kevin (laughs) just said related to the Bears' defense, to the potential for moving on from Justin Fields, the potential for the Packers winning, at K Fishbane is where you can uh, direct your ire. Here, I'll I'll give him I'll give him a layup. How about that? uh, Kevin, you know we talked about you just mentioned. You know, the defense and, of course, the offensive line as well. I'm curious, what do you, who do you think is the better of the two? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, are you talking about the whole de- – the defense as a whole or no, are you talking about the line? No, just the lines, just the lines themselves. Yeah, you know, right now I'd probably take the offensive line. Um, I just think that you've got – you weirdly have a few more knowns up front for the offensive line. Like, like you know what you're getting out of Cody White here. And I think that the Bears are pretty confident they know what they're getting out of Nate Davis. Uh, I, you know, with Braxton Jones, I think you should feel good about some natural progression coming from him. 
in year two. You know, Darnell Wright's going to have his rookie mistakes, but you're talking about a top 10 pick. You're talking about a, a blue chip talent that they have there. Um, and, and we'll kind of watch his progression. So, you know, and, and Lucas Patrick, you know, look, they were so excited about him last year. And I know he struggled with the injuries, struggled against New England, I believe, last year. Or maybe that was the game he got hurt. But I just think that there's a little, there's probably fewer questions on the offensive line. Like on defense, like, Justin Jones and Andrew Billings, I think you know what you're getting from them. I'm just not sure what the ceiling is for those guys. We really have no idea what to expect from Demarcus Walker and Yannick Ngagwe. We just haven't seen it. You got the rookie defensive tackles that are just going to it's just going to take time for them. So I I would say right now I feel better about the offensive line. I just think that that group's got a really they've got a high ceiling, and especially when you consider how young some of those guys are up there. When you look at the, you know, not only the, the opener versus Green Bay, but the season as a whole, the, the health of this roster, because it's not that deep yet, will continue to be a big question. But it was, it's was it been shocking how banged up they've been during the preseason. Run through a bit of the injury report that we finally have from today and the highs and lows of finally knowing who's been hurt with what and who we expect to be able to see Sunday. Yeah, well, the the good and the bad. I mean, I think that ideally you would have liked to have seen Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker, Demarcus Walker all be full participants in practice, and they were all limited. But it certainly seems like all three are going to be good to go. The question is how much of this stuff is going to linger, right? We finally found out that Jaquan Brisker is dealing with a groin injury. Uh, we found out Demarcus Walker is dealing with a calf injury. Are those the types of things you know, potential soft tissue things that are going to be in and out and they're going to have to fight through. Eddie Jackson with the ankle, I'm a little bit more confident that he's going to be okay. Um, But, you know, you go through, you know, just even just the secondary. I was thinking back to last year that injuries Jalen Johnson had to deal with. Uh, Brisker had two separate injuries. Eddie Jackson, obviously, you know, the way his season ended. So you just need those guys to be healthy. The only one who was out is Dylan Cole, and you know, just an interesting one from a special teams perspective. Because if you think this is going to be a close game, which I expect it to be, special teams could be a big deal. And, and they signed Dylan Cole to be a main special teamer for them, and you know, not a good sign for him to not miss for practice. They certainly have other guys who can do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's certainly a, a good spot for the Bears to be in to be this healthy. Um, but, you know, if I'm going to be nitpicky, I would have loved to have seen those three guys be able to get a full work in with the pads on. Yeah, and I mean, it makes a, it makes a huge difference to have everyone there healthy and ready to go. You would love to see that happen. But the rea- fact of the matter is when, you know, the, all these injuries just highlight the lack of depth that the Bears have, which is okay, right? In the, in the grand scheme of a rebuild, you know, you, you've added talent and now you just have to add, you know, depth. And that'll happen in the offseason. Um, but but this, this team as a whole, you know, when you're looking at health, and, you know, who could be, you know, potentially stepping up. I, I tend to look at the, the running back group. You know, Khalil Herbert, you know, being given the keys to the car, essentially, without David Montgomery being there. And people just high on Khalil Herbert. And, and, and I get it. I'm here for it. I want, I want him to be successful. But I'm, I'm, I'm cautious, cautiously optimistic when it comes to Khalil Herbert. I think it's okay to be optimistic. I, I, you know, I, I'll tell you this. When they drafted Rush, I'll go back. I'll go back and further. When they signed... Deontay Foreman, I thought, all right, this guy's probably going to take over as a lean running back. You look at the way he runs, his style, mm-hmm. how productive he was. I'm thinking, all right, Herbert's been really nice when he's had to step in for Montgomery, but you know, you're still talking about six-round pick, a little small. It'll be Foreman eventually. Then they bring in, Ro- then they draft Roshan Johnson, and they're talking about this guy. 
you know, like he's Mother Teresa in, 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 in pads. Like he's and, B. John Robinson. <laughs> yeah, just like this incredible person. Oh, by the way, an incredible football player, incredible athlete who didn't really get his chance as much as he you know, deserved, not deserved, but um, could have had at Texas or other places and, and, and still did well with those opportunities. So now I'm thinking, wow, you know, maybe Roshan Johnson's going to be the guy. That, that takes up. And then you go get through the training camp, get to the preseason, and it was Herbert all the way. And, and he looked good, too. And he, you know, he bulked up. He said he did a lot of boxing um, as an off-season activity uh, to kind of build up his strength a little bit and his stamina. Um, he's worked on pass catching. So I, I, you know, look, you guys know how it is in the NFL, right? Like, it could be Herbert the first three weeks, then Foreman for a couple of weeks, and then maybe Johnson by the end of the year. Um, but I, I think right now, I think it's okay to feel good about Khalil Herbert kind of being the guy uh, for as long as he can be productive. How much does it matter whether it's Nathan Peterman or Tyson Bagent that's the number two QB? I don't think it matters a ton. I mean, look, we all know what Nathan Peterman's career has looked like. uh, But the fact of the matter is, if Justin Fields got hurt, I just don't think there's a huge difference between Nathan Peterman and throwing in this Division II undrafted rookie, as great as the story about Tyson Bajant is. Like, this is just someone who's just going to need a little bit more development. And at least Nathan Peterman knows exactly what this thing looks like. Um, and, 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 you know, when you're talking about the NFL defensive schemes and coverages and the speed of the game, um, yes, Peterman has struggled and his numbers show that, but there's a reason he's still around. Um, is because the teams trust him to kind of know what to do with the football. Uh, and Bajan will get there one day. It could be next week, for all we know. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I, I wouldn't lose too much sleep over that situation. I mean, look, it's a big drop-off no matter what. Um, but as of right now, I don't think there's a huge difference between Peterman and Bajan. And ideally, at the end of the season, you're feeling really good about Bajan's, per, you know, how, how well he's progressed that you feel good about him kind of being a solid number two um, by the end of the season. Yeah. I was curious about the, the return game because it, when the Bears released the depth chart, you know, you had Valus Jones as the, the kick returner, Trent Taylor as the punt returner. And my I guess my concern has been if Tyler Scott dresses, then you feel like, all right, he showed he can at least field the ball cleanly. And he's a more comfortable receiver in a number of ways than Valus Jones, it seems to me. But I don't know if they if they may just dress Valus Jones because they don't want to feel like they gave up on Valus yet. Like, how do you expect the, the depth at receiver? Because there's a lot of guys who are just specialists. Like, Equinemius St. Brown is a blocking specialist. And Valus Jones is a kick return specialist. Trent Taylor would be a punt return specialist. Who's actually going to play receiver <laughs> would be my issue if you're dressing multiple of these specialists in the lineup. Yeah, it's an interesting spot um, for Matt Eberflus, Luke Getze, Richard Hightower to sort through because, I mean, look, I get the Trent Taylor signing. Don't get me wrong, but I, you know, it, it concerns me a little bit that you're going to have somebody on the game day 46 that is just there for punt returns. Um, like it's just, it's just this roster just isn't good enough, really. I feel like to use that, but you know, it's an important thing for them, obviously. I think it's going to come down to the playbook, and and you look at what Luke Getze has dialed up. Does he have a few special gadget plays for Valus Jones? Um, does he have a couple deep shots for Tyler Scott? Uh, I, I think you know. It, I think it might just come down to you know maybe it's a week by week thing. Um, you know, if Bayless obviously is able to win back the punt return job, 
you know, then he's in. Or if Tyler Scott, you know, if they feel better about him, then he's got it. I think Bayless Jones, you know, the only thing to remember about Bayless is he did battle an injury at the end of the preseason. So, you know, he was a full participant in practice today, not even on the injury report. Um, but, it, you know, just if he's the inactive one, I would keep that in mind before jumping to, oh, they're they're done with him and, you know, he's just going to be inactive all year. You know, maybe they're just waiting for him to get to, you know, where he's really ready to go. Uh, but, yeah, it could just come down to Getze and just what his play sheet looks like and, and who he's more comfortable with being on the field for a lot of those offensive plays. Because in reality, you know, you're going to see a lot of Robert Tanyan, I think. You might see a bunch of Mercedes Lewis. Whoever that number four wide receiver is, you might only be talking about 10 snaps, maybe. Um, so, you know, that's something to also think about um, a, as they sort through who the game day 46 will be. Most certainly brought in the big bodies at tight end for a reason. It'll be interesting to watch, and we'll most certainly be watching what Lou Getzi is going to put together for the Chicago Bears team. Kevin, we appreciate you join, uh, joining us as always. Can't wait to talk to you again soon. All right, sounds good, guys. Take care. Kevin okay. Fishbane from The Athletic hanging out with us here on 670. The score, make sure you follow him at Fish. Bane. It All should right. be like at fishy business. Fishy business. Suggest that to him next no time. Fishy, just, no, no ooh, fishy, no, no fishy business. No fishy business. Oh, no, that's funny business. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm bad at these. I'm, I'm going to upgrade, though. I'm going to upgrade his, uh, his X <laughs> handle for him at <laughs> some point. Maybe just tell him you'll pay for his blue little check mark. <laughs> <Do that. laughs> I didn't do All it yet. Right. Um, yeah. We were just talking about some injuries for the Chicago Bears, mm-hmm. and there are two injuries for the Green Bay Packers that we need to be watching closely. Two weapons for Jordan Love could miss Sunday's game. Who are they? We'll talk about that and the Bears after this. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Do you have enough money to pay movers to pack up your own stuff? Hey, man. That's what we're trying to get to. Right. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. Ah, Football is right around the corner. Bears taking on the Packers 325 on Sunday. Both Anthony and I. We have a, 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 a pretty busy weekend for us. Mm-hmm. The stuff that we'll be doing together, Bears Unleashed. Friday, 9.30 p.m., kicking off on Fox 32. Anthony, Cassie Carlson, and myself, the three-headed monster, will be taking care of you every Friday and Saturday. And then on Sunday, if you're watching the game on Fox, Anthony will be in studio. Oh, no, wait, will you be on the field? How does no, that I'll be in studio as of right now. You know, we'll still we'll do the show from we, studio. We'll we see what know. develops throughout the season. But as of right now, uh, Fox Kickoff Live will be uh, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. So I'll be in studio, in studio. with Lou. Because I know yep. during the preseason, you guys were on the field. We were on the field for preseason. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, during the regular season, that show has always been in studio. So I'll be on that with Lou. Whereas, you know, last couple of years, I've been doing radio here. As right. opposed to that, I'll be across the street. I'll be over there on TV with Lou. Doing a uh, doing Fox kickoff live and then or Fox kickoff Sunday and then after us will be uh, Bears game day live where Lou will be joined by Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer and then you and Corey will be doing your thing yes. and I'll be a part of all our post game coverage that we have on Fox also. Look at that! Come catch us on Fox thirty two doing our thing and mm-hmm. we'll be talking about this game and we might be talking about the fact that Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson might not be playing. Um, Just real quick though, yeah. are you? Because you and Corey always have the bucket of beer. Yeah, Miller Lite. We're sponsored by Miller Lite. Are you like? Are you allowed to drink on TV? Like, what, what are the rules about that? Because I don't, I don't know that we could take a. You sip. guys are like pick it up and you yeah. cheers every once in a while. We 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 could take a sip. Okay, 
I, I don't think it, it'd be but you can't smart like to crush like, a beer. Be like you know, taking just... sips in between my thoughts. Like, <laughs> I do that off the air. <laughs> Corey and I will certainly have a few during the game. Uh-huh, you know, right. that's why I like the, the, the interacting with the fans. Yeah, you got to talk to the yeah, fans. Right. They're buying you drinks and shots and uh-huh. so on and so forth. And then the Miller Light rep is there, and she's like, you know, or they are they like, sure guys and girls. In. Oh, yep. most certainly. Like, hey, I got a tab running. I'm buying everybody beers. You guys want some? And you're like, nah, yeah, you know what? Bring me two shots of tequila. <laughs> it's like exactly what we do every time. But but yeah, it's always fun. But those those are there. And then here's the here's the key. Here's the tricky part. If you're ever watching the Fox uh, Fox 32 uh, Bears post game, Corey and I come on the screen. If you see that the caps have been taken off, ah. we are smashing those. <laughs> So, but sometimes they're smart enough to not take them off because uh-huh. more often, I mean, more often than not, I mean, it's 10 beers, right? So right. We're, we're not going to drink that at the end of the game. We might have one or two. I mean, we're Corey, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then the thing is they take off the tops and then they're like, oh no, you took off the tops. And then we're like, oh no, what are we going to do now? Oh, man, yes, we got to drink, drink them. Yes, we got to drink yeah. them. So that's all, that's all that thing. That the Miller Lite Brewing View. Where are we going to be at this year? We're gonna be, um, Sunday we're going to be in Roselle. Okay. Can't remember exactly where, but. Um, I will say that I'll look that up in just a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I mentioned, Jordan Love might potentially be without two of his starting wide receivers, and that is Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. Watson Watson missed Wednesday's practice with a hamstring injury. And as Kevin Fishbane was mentioning just a second ago, those soft tissue injuries, those soft tissue injuries uh can get the best of you, especially mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season. No no need to rush someone back from that type of an injury. Look at me, trying to tell them what to do. No, no, no need to have Christian Watson. <laughs> Take your out there. time. Right. And then uh, uh, Romeo Dobbs uh, is still uh, dealing with that lingering hamstring injury, injury that he suffered two weeks ago. So uh, Jordan Love quoted as saying, obviously it'll be tough. Uh, duh. <laughs> Most certainly it would. Um, but it says, uh, when, you, when you're talking about this, he said, honestly, I still don't even know what's going on with them, but I'm going to prepare like I'm going to play every single snap no matter what. And because he knows that that's going to be exactly what it is. And Matt LaFleur, the coach, said, hey, we got a plan in place. And we're going to play the guys that are available and ready to go. The one thing about this league is nobody cares. <laughs> I do. I hope they don't play. Uh, you got to find a way to get it done. And I think our guys are taking that mindset no matter who's out there. The expectations remain the same. And that is to go out there and play winning football. So we'll get our guys and we'll be ready to go. And then when he got pressed to see if, if Watson can play, he says, I'm always encouraging him uh, to take to take shots and to actually play. So that would be, that'll be interesting. But um, most certainly Jordan Love is going to need – both of those wide receivers. Yeah. And it's odd to say, right? And because they're they're still young receivers. Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, both rookies last year. So it's it's interesting or crazy to think that they are leaning on them and rely so heavily on them. And to have a, you know, obviously we're no we're no strangers to it here in Chicago, just with the Justin Fields conversation in the last couple of years, wanting a young quarterback to be supported by talent around him, by an offensive system that doesn't put the world on his shoulders and the approach the Packers are going to take is similar to the approach we anticipate the Bears are going to take. And, I mean, frankly, the offensive system that Luke Getze runs is very similar to the offensive system that Matt LaFleur is going to run because, of course, Getze came from Green Bay. So both approaches are going to be run-heavy and play-action-heavy, pocket-movement-heavy, and uh, you know a lot of uh, bootlegs and sprints and waggles and those types of actions. And we don't really know for sure what Jordan Love looks like in that environment as the full-time starter. And so the same questions that that we're continuing to have about Justin Fields and how his development can be aided by better play on the offensive line, by better weaponry talent around him, 
Aaron Rodgers was in a position where he was able to mask some of the deficiencies of, of Green Bay's talent or the injuries that they've had on the O-line in recent years and, and him being Aaron Rodgers, being a Hall of Famer. They've been able to work around a lot of that because of his mastery of the system and his ability to dissect defenses and you know just the, the level of play that they got for him for so long. Now Jordan Love's going to be in a different scenario, and so for him to have multiple playmakers at receiver banged up, now the O-line is as healthy as it's been right now for the Packers, at least opening the season up. In recent years, there's still, you know, David Bakhtiari had a rest day today. It doesn't mean he's not healthy, but right. it does mean he's been banged up so much. They're like, man, let's just make sure he gets to day one. We don't want him stepping on somebody's foot on the practice field. We don't want him, you know, maybe getting in a, you know, some kind of auto accident. Just stay home, David. Just rest, recuperate, and be ready for when we take the field on Sunday. But the O-line, for the most part, seems as intact as it's been for Green Bay in a while now. So if you got a healthy O-line and you got a great combination of running backs uh, between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, then Green Bay should at least be in good shape with that. The weaponry receiver, though, the Bears' strength on their defense is on the back end, is in their secondary. So you're still hoping that even if the pass rush is limited, which, you know, I believe the pass rush is going to be dominant when I see it. Yeah. So if the pass rush is limited, at least on the back end, it should be Bears DBs versus Packers receivers. It should be advantage Bears from a coverage perspective. And then we'll see how Jordan Love responds to that. Is he going to be a guy who says, you know what, I'm going to put the pressure on the opposing defense as we saw Justin Fields begin to do for the Bears last year and say, you got to break off coverage or at least your eyes have to honor me because I'm going to take off and run. I'm going to extend plays. I'm going to put allow my legs to put pressure on you. That was never as huge a part of Jordan Love's game. He's a mobile guy, but just like I was talking about with Justin Fields last season and kind of, I don't know, reminding folks is the right word, but just informing people that he was never a big runner right. in college anyway. We saw him figure that out on the run last year, literally on the run last year as the Bears quarterback and how impactful that became for the Bears offense. Now, Jordan Love isn't the athlete that Justin Fields is, but he is certainly more than mobile enough for that to be a legitimate threat, a bigger threat as a runner than the Packers have had at quarterback in a while. Like Aaron Rodgers can move, obviously, there's no doubt about that, but it was never a part of Green Bay's game plan to utilize Aaron Rodgers as a runner. Maybe they have that potential with Jordan Love, especially with multiple receivers out hurt. Yeah, whenever Aaron Rodgers was running, he was just breaking our hearts. Yeah. Converting right. third downs uh-huh. off of bootlegs yeah. or just seeing a play break down. Mm-hmm. With Jordan Love, it's going to be a little bit different. You mentioned the running. Last year, one attempt hmm. in four games for minus one yards. Obviously, that was a sack right there. Uh, for rookie season, 12 carries for 27 yards. So to your point, you know, didn't wasn't leaning on that mm-hmm. per se, but now that he is in that role, he's going to have to do that. And I think, you know, what you were saying earlier, the offensive line is healthy for the Green Bay Packers. They're going to be leaning on that run. Yeah, This we know for certain, especially if you want to protect your quarterback and build his confidence, you give him third and short situations. How do you do that? But running the ball first and second downs. So the, the, the thing I'm going to be looking at is how the Bears secondary, which you mentioned should have the advantage over their, their Packers receivers, how are they going to be responding to that play action? Because they're going to be running the ball down your throat. Yep. And the Bears did struggle with that last year. And if Jordan Love can do that consistently, continue drives and allow them, you know, because let's think about it. If you're not getting pressure on the quarterback, that bootleg is going to work that much better. If, which we know our Bears secondary to be, overly aggressive, <laughs> right? Tyreek Stevenson, Jalen Johnson is <laughs> going to be there. Jaquan Brisker, Eddie Jackson, as you mentioned, those guys want to be around the ball. Mm. So, and hopefully they'll be thinking about something like that. But 
Again, it's going to be really Jordan Love versus Justin Fields. That's it. That's all anyone's going to be watching. And the final score of the game, what happens in between? We're all going to be talking about that anyway, but most certainly it is going to be on the Jordan Love uh, versus Justin Fields matchup. And then that, that's what I want to talk about next. I, I really want to get, and I really want to get people's predictions for the game. Mm. It's not too early for predictions. And so uh, phone lines are open. Tyler Butabaugh is our producer today, so he'll be answering your phone calls. We're going to take calls on the Bears, specifically interested in what you think the outcome of the game will be. Are there any Packers lovers out there, like other than Kevin Fishbane, that think the Bears <laughs> right. are going to lose? Who's going to put that on put that evil on them? Right. But if you do think the Bears are going to win, I'm curious like what that gap looks like. Is it a last-second field goal by Cairo Santos? Mm. Is it a, a, a shellacking by Justin Fields in the offense? And and to what extent do people believe they could still feel this season? Because to, to the question I asked Kevin Fishbane, this season should be more about wins than last season right. was. If the Bears were to lose the game against the Packers, but you get a better-looking Justin Fields as a passer. You and I have talked about the, yeah. the passing development of Fields, what that could look like, what it means, what which expectations are too outsized, too big, you know, 4,000 yards plus, all those things. But if you get a more refined passer in Justin Fields, a Bears offense that puts points on the board, but they lose to Green Bay, how do people feel that, that they'll feel yeah. about that as a result in this game? Because wins are supposed to matter this year. Yeah, and then and it's funny. Like as you're saying that, I'm I'm imagining you know me pie chart pie chart guy, <laughs> and I'm like, what percentage of me uh. is more interested in Justin Fields' progress, and what percentage of that pie left over is more interested in the Bears actually winning games? Right, right. I'll give you the answer on okay. the other side. Uh, but still taking your predictions and your thought or feelings on the Chicago Bears if they were to lose, how would you be feeling? Three one two six forty four. 67, 67, we'll take your calls after this. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 